As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It is Monday, October 9th. Uh, Hope everybody had a good weekend off, so to speak. Uh, obviously, the last game on Thursday left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, no doubt. But uh, hopefully, you got a chance to uh, watch other football on Sunday or do whatever you needed to do without the obligation that we've all sort of agreed to in life to watch this team. Um, I uh, I actually did get out of the Shire a little bit. I went out. I went to Baltimore to watch. Uh, Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks in concert. So even and it was at the, the Raven Stadium. So even when I wasn't at a football stadium for work, I was still at a football stadium uh, for fun. So the, so there so there is that. Uh, today I don't know if I would call it fun, but today Ron Rivera spoke uh, to kick off the Atlanta Falcons week. I'm going to go through a couple of things that he said, including. Some notable injuries, and it's the first time we've really had to talk about that, about injuries much, since about week one. So we'll get to that in a moment here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. Story up Monday on The Athletic about a lot of the questions that I didn't do a mailbag per se, but I, you know, I kind of know what the questions are out there. You know, what can be done with this team, the coaching staff, or anything else to sort of rectify what we've seen here the last couple of weeks and really kind of where we're what we've seen here over the last four years, the inability to sort of remain consistent on any level. There might be those bursts, as we know, of like a, four, of a little winning streak, and then something negative comes behind it to wash away uh, some of that progress. So, uh, you can check that out on The Athletic more to come this week. And, of course, if you want to follow me on X, a.k.a. Twitter, I'm at Ben Standing. Um, all right, let's get to some of the, uh, the the news of the day. So, first of all, Ron Rivera came in and informed us that the team will be placing not one but two safeties on IR. Derek Forrest with a shoulder injury. Jeremy Reeves with a knee injury. Now, obviously, anytime you're going to lose players who who play a prominent role for you, 
that is uh, a problem. And Washington, it's a starting safety, and it's their uh, special teams performer who was selected as a pro bowler last year. Uh, I was told that Derek Forrest had a fractured shoulder, and Ron Rivera, you know, they're on – they're on. They're at at least four games, right? Because of IR, and Rivera was unable to say when Derek Forrest would be back. That basically Forrest would have some more testing. It did. If I'm reading between the lines, it didn't sound too confident that this would be a quick turnaround. Not saying that means end of the year, but or end of the season, but I'm just saying it didn't sound like, yeah, it's just something we thought would be a couple of weeks. We wanted to give him some rest and, and have him be ready when he comes back. So we'll see about that. Uh, Jeremy Reeves. Well, well, I spoke to Jeremy Reeves after Thursday's game. He got hurt in the first quarter, and he seemed to, he told me, he may not seem to, he did tell me, he's like, hey, I, you know, I, I, it's not as bad as it looked. I feel okay. He was walking around. Obviously, um, whatever examination took place, to, the determination was he would need to miss some time. So uh, a notable blow for both of these guys. And, and like I said, at a point where this team really has been pretty healthy, which is what has made the, the three-game losing streak, I think, even more frustrating. Um, so, so there you go. Those two guys will be out for a bit. Now, it is the one position, or one of the positions, right, along with defensive line and I guess I would say receiver, where you could lose a player of significance and have the depth or the perceived depth to replace them to some degree. Now, in this case, of course, it's the curiosity is, does this mean Quan Martin will finally get into a game on defense? Ron Rivera said that Martin, but also Percy Butler, of course, who is part of the rotation as the third safety, will be getting, they'll be taking longer looks at both of those guys. You would think that Butler, logically, would be the initial thought, uh, but that Martin would then come in and be the the fifth, would be another, what would be the other safety opposite, Cam Curl, you know, I remember back when he came out of uh, college, you know, Chris Sims, the NBC analyst, former quarterback, he rated Butler as the number one free safety in that draft class. So, you know, we haven't seen a ton of that, anything close to really that level of play, but we'll see how it goes and how they deploy him and Quan Martin. And of course, this is also coming at a point where Emmanuel Forbes was just benched during the last game and Rivera said, Hey, we can't have this, you know, keep happening anymore. So we all thought, well, Emmanuel Forbes is now, what's his role going to be this week? Um, and, and now you look at it, you're like, okay, you've got Kendall Fuller and St. Juiced. You've got Cam Curl, uh, you know, Forbes and Butler are probably both going to have to play now. I mean, not that I really definitively thought Forbes would sit, but like, you know what I mean? Like, now you kind of have to play them both. Obviously, Danny Johnson could get some more work at corner, but you know they are now. And I'm saying Derek Forrest was was crushing it this year. I believe he has more missed tackles seven through five games than he did all of last year with six. 
But nonetheless, that was you know whatever he he was hardly the biggest concern. And now you know Butler was a te- was was picked on a little bit in the uh, Bears game. We we've seen what happened with Forbes the last two weeks. So now you're going to have two young guys out there. Uh, then on top of it, perhaps Quan Martin. So we will see. I, I still think Danny Johnson, to me, would be a guy I would look to use more. And in this particular matchup with Atlanta, whenever we've talked about Benjamin St. Juice in the slot at a 6-3, you know, Drake London from, from the Falcons is a guy that I always sort of mention as a potential receiver that can go inside 6-5, put a lot of slot at USC. Um, and Atlanta, obviously, is not the most dynamic passing attack. They were much better this past week, which was uh, good for Atlanta. Kind of a bummer for those of us hoping Desmond Ritter would be iffy enough that Taylor Heineke perhaps could get into the starting mix. But we'll see how Heineke uh, it, it gets into the game somehow over the course of this week. Uh, in any event... It'll be interesting to see how that how that goes. I still think three safeties can make a lot of sense because Atlanta has the dynamic uh, running game led by Bijan Robinson. So that's one way to go. But like I said, either way, they're going to be a pretty going to be even younger. You would think in the secondary if Forbes and Martin are out there at the same time. Um, but we will see where that goes. Uh, Rivera did not mention any other injuries, so we'll presume. Uh, to some degree, that they are otherwise um, okay coming out of that game. They did add a couple of pieces to the practice squad. They re-signed Joshua Kalu, who was with the team in training camp. He has some NFL experience. They also signed or will or will sign defensive end Joshua Pryor, who was also with the team in camp. Nikki Javala with the Washington Post had that detail. So we'll see. None of these moves, uh, as far as I know here, were officially announced today. So presumably tomorrow or by Wednesday, that will take place. So, yeah, uh, you know, that again, that's what's so frustrating. You know, if you're a Commanders fan or the part of the team, is that the last three games, you've been healthy. Right? The defense had everybody out there. You know, Chase Young would miss week one. Other than that, he's been playing. Logan Thomas missed a, a little bit of time with a concussion. Otherwise, he's been playing. And now, eventually, the injuries are going to happen, and now they lose two guys. And by the way, not only has the defense, of course, been off, special teams has not been up to the usual standard. And now you're taking away, you know, one of the few guys who is a true staple out there, um, both as a, as a as a player chasing down punts or kicks, but also as somebody who's a great communicator uh, will be out of off the field for the next few weeks. Um, other than that, obviously a lot was, was asked of Rivera about kind of where things stand after what, you know, what does happen? He said they were going on Friday to look into um, the whole, everything, evaluate the whole situation. And, you know, he was at Rivera was asked on Friday, whether there would be any changes to the coaching staff. And he said, no, no, it's too early. It's only week five, et cetera. And that's been, you know, that is the way that it is going down. I personally agree with that. That was part about what I wrote today uh, or, or had up today for The Athletic. The idea of changing, you know, firing somebody, like, I get it, of course. I mean, you know, this is, um, 
it's not just like I said, it's not just the three in a row. It's not just getting pounded by the Bills 37 to 3 or being upset by the Bears 40 to 20 the other night. It's that this is like I said, year four of a lot of this where, you know, these slow starts, inexplicable losses, and at some point they have a win, you're like, oh hey. But I didn't know they could do that and et cetera. So um, and they almost they didn't beat the Eagles, but they almost had one of those type of wins uh, the previous Sunday in Philly. Uh, Rivera though said, hey, that you know he he spent the last few days really trying to tackle the situation. I asked him about what what it was like, and he said here, you know, he said Friday was a long day. Um, he said, but you know, getting a ch-, he said quote getting a chance to go back and look at specific things, looking at some of the analytics that we have that we get from our people that tell us about some of the things. By the way, I just read that sentence out loud and very generic. I understand. I, I just telling you what the man said, but yeah, it, 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 it was generic enough to, to say, look, there were no real specifics about what is um, about what is happening here. I did ask him later if whether he's going to tell us or not if there are lineup changes coming. And he said, quote, I think those are the things that we are going to look at. We've got some things that we most certainly have talked about, and we're going to practice them and see how things go. Um, that could obviously be schematic or just play design or actual rotation changes. Part of the problem, and this is, again, also something I wrote about on the story and may write again later in this, this week, is it, other than just saying make a change to make a change, point to what changes personnel-wise seem reasonable for this team. And the issue is, just not that many. And by not many, I, I mean, really, I it's definitely a, a small handful, and I don't even know that, that I would point to too many changes that could be made that have real potential or potential real impact. You know, obviously, Sam Howell's not going anywhere. He's done a fine job so far. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, I mean, Chris Rodriguez playing a few more snaps. I don't know that that's any kind of solution. Uh, you want to get Deami Brown more reps? Okay, well, that means getting fewer for Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson. Tight end? I mean, Logan Thomas has been pretty good, right, this year? I, I mean, he's leading the team in targets, which is frankly not ideal, obviously, uh, when you have the receivers that they have, but that's not a Logan Thomas issue. The offensive line? Okay, I, I hear you guys. You, this is the place to make some changes. Again, point to me where you what change you would make. You want Cornelius Lucas in for Andrew Wiley? Okay, maybe there's you know maybe that would give them more stability. We've seen Cornelius Lucas be solid when he's played, but that's just sort of it. He's solid. It's not going to all of a sudden limit the amount of uh, leaks coming out of the offensive line. I mean, not in any real appreciable way, I wouldn't think. So, but okay, that that, that that's the move. Okay, you want to put in Chris Paul or Ricky Stromberg for one of the guards or, or, or Nick Gates at center. Okay. I mean, again, I, I don't see that as particularly impactful. And frankly, Charles and Cosme, you know, they're ups and downs, but I think that, that they've been intriguing enough uh, at guards that I'd probably want to keep rolling. And, you know, uh, Nick Gates, I just don't see them. I mean, he's been definitely had some questionable work over the last uh, couple of weeks, but I don't know that I would say, let's put in the Rick, Ricky Stromberg for that. Um, the defensive line, obviously we know about the starters. Uh, Chase Young has had some really impressive stats, frankly, as a pass rusher. Uh, he's way up there. I'm like top, top three, top five, top ten 
in uh, sacks, quarterback hurries, uh, pressures. A lot of the pass rushing stats, even though he's missed the one game, I still don't know that he is always um, in, in a great spot in the run game. But I, I'm not going to sit here and point to him as any kind of an issue. And neither, you know, same would be with Allen, Sweat, and Payne, other than to say, hey, this is why, you know, you were drafted where you were drafted, or this is why you got paid, you know, more is required from you. But other than that, you know, again, like it's, you know, we know about the rotation uh, options. They've got some decent ones. They still do not have F.A. Abada or Federian Mathis. Um, I also asked Rivera today about the 21-day practice clock for those guys, if that is if that will start. Rivera said, quote, that's something that we will most certainly do that's something we will certainly do discuss and talk about. And we'll get further into that as that time comes. Doesn't sound to me like either one of those guys will be activated this week. Um, Wednesday, we'll probably know. Cause if you're going to start the clock, you would think it would happen then, but doesn't seem like that's happening. Okay. Linebacker. I get it. Cody Barton has not been, has not been killing it. Um, he, he has uh, missed some run lanes. Not so great in coverage. Jamin Davis at times is you know that the athlete that uh, they clearly thought he was when he came all, came on board, but he can still get beat in coverage for sure. But again, David Mayo and Khalid Hudson have combined one snap so far. David Mayo is basically limited to rushdowns. Uh, Khalid Hudson, like the, you would have to move Jamin Davis back to the mic where they you know he was originally, and then they moved them off of that. Um. Is it possible Khalid Hudson works out in some sort of Buffalo Nickley kind of way and gives them a fifth defensive back? I, I don't know. We've not seen that really since he's been here. But either way, that's what we're talking about, like going to Mayo or Hudson. And in the secondary, like, you know, we just discussed it. Uh, you know, Quan Martin would be the the intriguing upside play. And the fact that he hasn't played one snap to this point is why it's hard to get excited about him as an immediate type solution so we will see how that goes but a lot of questions for sure about what changes the commanders could make in any real significant way beyond just saying hey we made a change um I, you know i i fully admit that i got caught up i think uh our guy jp finley you know calls it uh ashburn syndrome where you're out there and you think that everything you see is better than perhaps what it is and uh, you know, I, I'm usually pretty good about not letting that happen, but in terms of thinking that this team had some better depth, I, I think I was that guy. Again, though, you look at some spots, receiver, defensive line, secondary, there in theory is some good depth. It's just that in the case of the secondary, you know, the group overall just has not been has not been as impressive as hoped. And the fact that, like, you know, Kendall Fuller had been the shining star of the group and then he got torched. Uh, a few times against DJ Moore as well. So really everybody's kind of been getting picked on at various points. There's still the secondary is still young, still got talent. Um, you know, there's room for growth there overall, but so these other spots are really isn't a ton to be excited about um, in terms of a, a potential for a major turnaround. But this is what these coaches get paid for. Um, speaking of the coaches, and I guess we've gone this deep. If you're wondering, well, wait, why aren't they making any changes there? I, you know, I keep making NBA to NFL comparisons. In the NBA, you can change front, a head coach, uh, 
in season and see actual impact, right? Basketball, you know, obviously each team, uh, uh, just like just like in any other scenario, each team will, you know, run their plays, run their style based on personnel or the coach's whims. But what, even if you wanted to make some significant changes there, you know, push the ball more versus slowing it down, you can do all that kind of on the fly. Basketball is a lot of individual creativity anyway. And, you know, it's not like the play calling is, like, overly revolutionary to which It's just a matter of calling, you know, like anything else, how much you want certain things to happen more often or less than others. Football, it's far more challenging and complicated. Um, that's why they have NBA training camp as a week. NFL training camp itself is, you know, five to six weeks plus OTAs plus mini camps and set, et cetera. So uh, it's not something they can just do quickly on the de- defensive side. Jack Del Rio calls the plays. There's nobody else on the defensive staff who has that uh, experience. Again, this is the type of thing people spend an offseason working on. So it's not like you can just say, hey, linebacker coach Steve Russ, you're now calling plays. It is not that simple. Now, Ron Rivera, of course, has called plays in the past when he was a defensive coordinator and as recently as 2019 with Carolina. But I don't see that happening here. Um and in terms of Rivera himself, again, I, I just think it's, you know, Jay Gruden was fired after five games. They were 0-5, and we knew where things were, were heading. Um, I, I, I'm not saying we can't speculate that that's where things are heading here, new ownership and everything, but I, I think it's still too early, as, as Rivera himself said. And then part of it is I think that the logical choice to replace him would be Jack Del Rio because he has been a head coach previously, uh, whereas Eric Bieniemy, as we know, has not. And Eric Bieniemy is still finding his footing as a first-time, full-time play caller on offense. Tacking on head coaching duties would be a lot. And seeing as how they would be on an interim basis, almost assuredly, that doesn't seem like a great idea, frankly, if you're Bieniemy. After all these years of waiting to get a shot, you don't want to get thrown in to a, a situation like I'm describing uh, where, you know, a, a guy who's... You know, now what is the enemy also calling the offense? Uh, you know, they bring in somebody else to do that. You know, has all this work. There's a lot there to get into. So I don't see any of that happening. And if Rivera were to be let go, it would be, I think, much later in the year. And again, I think the owners here, it's important for them, as important as it is for Sam Howe, to continue to progress. And I think he has done a pretty good job. It is equally as important on, well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done the math on that. I haven't done a point spread on that. But it is important to have the ownership continue to learn, continue to absorb the information they're receiving about this league, about what it takes to, to be a successful NFL owner, and then use that information once the time has come. That time is not now. That time is late in the year. Um, there is the trade deadline on October 31st, which is, you know, what, three weeks away. So that is something that will be of interest. If, if this team were to somehow lose out, you would have to think the trade deadline could be a way to start the start a retooling. But otherwise, you know, even if they, you know, win one of the next three, you're still three and five at that point. I, I just, you know, we've seen them rally the NFL. There's a lot of bad teams out there this year, some really good ones, but mostly, ordinary to bad team so 
Who's to say where, where things will shake out in the wild card standings? Of course, sinking into the playoffs as a wild card, that's not enough anymore. I, I certainly don't view it that way. And that's why uh, you would think that um, they would need to um, have a, a, you know, a, a more impressive uh, finish to the year. And that's where I'm saying it's hard to see outside of the young guys they have and the, the starters they have really improving how they're going to um improve uh, significantly based on just simply changing around some people off their bench. All right. uh, The commanders are back in practice on Wednesday. I've got a couple of fun guests lined up for you going forward here for the rest of the week. So I'm excited for that. Um, And we will uh, see what happens, but they've got a couple of players to replace now in the secondary and on special teams. Another piece of the puzzle for the commanders to solve as they try to, End this three-game losing streak. All right, that is going to be it for me. Appreciate the time as always. Again, you can follow me on the thing formerly known as Twitter at Ben Standing. Go read me on The Athletic. Uh, and, of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. But that is it for now. Ben Standing signing off. Until next time. See ya.